Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Terry, how are you? I'm good. I've had a bit more of a beverage and a bit of sugar, so I'm good to go. So Terry, <laughs> Terry is all ready to talk, talk, what is it? talk the leg of a chair? Is it? <laughs> that, is that is that the saying that talk the leg of a chair? So there is an old saying. It's if someone help us out with the in, below in the comments. Yeah, what that, is that, it? That might be technical. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, so we've just had. Bit of cake. Bit of cake. Bit of cake. So we're, we're ready to, to chat again. <laughs> That's it. So, Terry, what are we talking about? So today we're going to chat about what is the difference between high and low key images. Yes. And interesting enough, it was, I suppose, f- in film days, it was mm. quite, there were two very popular techniques. That they were, were. That were used. Yeah. And they were non-recoverable recoverable techniques. techniques back then, weren't they? That's right. So once you once you committed that to the film that's what you got yeah so for people that may not be familiar with those terms can you explain to them because you are the tech head okay so 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 high key typically is the the picture is the highlights are typically kind of blown out Mm. so so the the detail in the background can just present as white Mm -hmm. so typically your subject is probably a bit underexposed well a bit overexposed as well typically Mm. as well because you're blowing the background out you didn't really have much control over how the image was affected overall. So a setting where you would normally see that would be possibly where you're photographing with the sky behind a person. Yeah, yeah. sky behind the person and you've you've exposed for the person. And then slightly. And then because you've exposed the person where there's no light on their face, so mm-hmm. it's it's overexposed the sky. And you're almost taking that step further again, don't you? So yes, that their you, skin yeah. tones are slightly overexposed. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well. You, you yeah. actually you actually take it like a couple of maybe one or two stops mm. over mm-hmm. what you normally see. So basically, yeah, you're going to have this um, image that is predominantly a lot of white in the background. Mm. So mm. and and it was shot. A lot of people shot high key in black and white, mm-hmm. but it can also be shot in color. So you mm. see, we see people still using that technique today, and it's kind of something I suppose that. Some people haven't actually, new to photography, haven't actually explored it. No. And then, so low key is on the other side of the spectrum is Uh where typically is that all the shadows will present as black. Yeah. Black, so it's like a, so the highlights are very minimal Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of very dark shadows. So Mm. it can create, I mean, the two techniques, one will create a light and Mm. airy image Mm -hmm. and the other can take a dark and grungy mm. type image so you can use those sometimes like to you know tell a particular story mm. you know about something so if you you know typically say if you had a something that was ruins like a an abandoned mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. you might choose to shoot some of those images mm. as as um low key yeah because it gives that more yeah. kind of decayed 
And you'd also see a lot of high-key imagery in the old, I'm going to say maybe the late 90s fashion photography. Yes, there was yes. a lot of high-key imagery in, in utilised then. Yes. But you also run the risk of actually going too far on either side. So if you've gone too far with your high-key images, you'll find that they're so overexposed that there's not enough information to pull back an image. Yes. And then yep. would you therefore say as well with your low-key images, if you go too low... Your image can be so underexposed that it's slightly muddy. Yes, and it will I look mean, flat. Y- you can create you can create that style of image in in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what people do they'll use like layer mask. So mm-hmm. basically you'll you'll keep the subject exposure correct, mm-hmm. and then you'll just blow out everything else. So you'd use a like a layer mask to do that. Using your levels and your curves yeah. and your contrast. Your contrast. So you yeah. just basically. Pushing the background, so the background becomes so yeah. so overexposed. Yeah. But I mean, typically, that technique was typically done in camera, mm-hmm. and it can still be done in camera today. Like, mm. I mean, you can definitely shoot that style with mm. your. I did digi- it accidentally a few times. Well, well, some, <laughs> well, some people some people have that happy accident where they create a either a high key image or a low key image accidentally just mm. through their exposure mm-hmm. settings. Mm. Um, they haven't quite got it right, so but then they then they're actually pleased with the result. Yeah, <laughs> happy <laughs> accident. Do you find that when you're doing your street photography that you sway either way with those techniques? Yes, because yeah, sometimes it, they're really useful. Because one of the things I like about high key is sometimes if the background is very distracting mm. or it's got a, an element in it that that is too strong, or that it it takes your eye to that first where you don't look at the subject. Mm. One of the techniques is to use your high key setting on your camera to kind of blow the background mm. out so the background becomes less. I mean, it's the same as like, you know, shoot shallow depth of field. Mm. But there might be reasons why you can't shoot too shallow depth of field because maybe the type of subject you're shooting, you want to try and get as much of the subject in focus as possible. Yeah. So yeah. Some, sometimes like you, you're torn between, yes, do I shoot this really shallow and just blow, yeah. have the background blurred out like a bokeh yeah or do i but then i run the risk of say you know shooting something where the not all the person or the all the subject is not all of it's in focus yeah, enough yeah yeah so it's kind of a yeah. bit of a bit of a typewriter yeah and i know that, that it kind of it started to become quite a popular technique to shoot high key in wedding photography a couple of years back and what they would do is do a multiple exposure yes. with the high key because you'd have such blown out whites. It was quite quite effective to put another image over the top and layer it in that in that negative space. Yes. You see, I, I, I suppose there's another style of high key shooting where people do the double in-camera double exposure. Mm, mm. So, so quite often you'll see a shot of – so it's, it's, a, it's a side profile of somebody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then – They've taken a shot of some shrubs or bushes mm. or something, yeah, and they're dropped into the into the head. So that the back part of the head where hair would be, it would be like bushes coming yeah. from there. Yeah, that can create a really interesting. But typically, when you see those type of images, they are typically, in my way of thinking, they're typically high key images. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think of examples of of where we might have seen some low key images. Yeah, look, low key images you probably see. I said more so, I mean, low-key is also, I mean, both of these techniques are available in video. So typically, say, in a, in a horror movie, they'd be used mm. quite often <laughs> shoot in that low-key type format too. 
yeah. to, to make it a bit more sinister. Yeah, I'm watching something at the moment called The Act on Binge. Okay. And I'm finding that that's been shot quite, quite low in yes. some scenes. It's, and yeah. It, because it adds, it adds a layer of drama. <laughs> grit. <laughs> and grit. So grossness. It's, it's, yeah. So, some, so sometimes, like I said, you will see that in street photography where mm. you're trying to say, say someone who's shot a picture of, a, say, a homeless person mm-hmm. and kind of, I suppose, to emphasise that person's yeah. plight is that it's shot in a low-key format yeah. so that it's quite dark and yeah. it's it's quite, you know, even like, I mean, I could even say low-key, you know, is even sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because you, yeah. Because there's not a lot of bright. It's quite dramatic, isn't it? Yes. It's not yeah. a lot, I mean, there's not a lot of bright brightness in it. So. Yeah. It almost makes me think of some of the old film like the film grades that we would use and you know what actually always reminds me of is when I would get my film sent from Melbourne, Sydney to Darwin and had been destroyed in the heat. Yes. And when yep. we'd get it developed, it would be muddy. Yes. Because the, the quality of the film had been destroyed with the heat. Sure, you sure you weren't just taking 100 <laughs> and pushing it to 400? I did do that a few times by accident and they were not happy accidents at all when you're spending $25 on a roll of film. Yes, and you find out you just got this this clear film or this just oh, dark, dark film. On the university budget, that was pretty bad. That's like a week of, you know, baked beans on toast. That's <laughs> probably a you few know, weeks. Diversing a little bit, but sometimes what you do is Sometimes with those pieces of film that would be, um, you know, that you'd just end up with this black piece of film. Mm. You could, there's a technique you did, you just get a really sharp scalpel and you, <laughs> you, and you can actually draw, you can draw a stick person and then, then put it in the enlarger. <laughs> Didn't you ever do that? Guilty, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, actually, I used to have a range of Ilford filters that I would put on the enlarger that could actually emulate other high key or yes, yes. low key techniques from the way that we would develop it and the well, way we well, would use it. Well, that's it. what I'm saying. So in the darkroom days, mm. the other opportunity you had was you, you could actually have a shot that was exposed correctly. <laughs> you can make it look like a high key. That's right. Cause, yep. Because what you could do with the subject, you could dodge and burn. Mm-hmm. So you could you could deliberately blow out the backgrounds by overexposing. Mm. And, and for people who haven't had the experience in the dark room, mm-hmm. basically like when you're exposing, when you're using, say, the negative and you're creating a positive print, mm-hmm. is essentially it's the same process as being taking a photo. Mm-hmm. You're actually projecting that image, you're letting that light fall on that paper for yeah. a predetermined time. Or you're dodging it with a little bit of cardboard yeah. or a so, bit of wire. <laughs> so the the idea of the idea of dodging and burning is is you're deliberately stopping the light reaching the paper mm. in certain areas mm. while you're happy for other parts of the paper to get enormous amounts of light, which was which which will result in overexposure. Yeah. Which will produce that kind of high key yeah, that high key law, which used to happen if you left your um your little black bag of paper open accidentally, yeah. and someone turns the light on, and you get, you've got the you edges get light, of your paper a light, burnt. A light leak. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, well, there was another technique people used to do that thing where you take like the photographic paper and you place objects on top of it, and, yeah. de- and deliberately expose it to light. <laughs> That's right. And then go and process it. Yeah, there was, wasn't that the selenia type? Oh, there was, but, but you could do it with normal paper as you well. You could, yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah. You could deliberately like set up, you know, arrange some things that would yeah. sit on the paper. 
Yeah. Expose it to some light yeah. for a period yeah. and, then, and then shut the light off and then yeah. quickly develop it. And then <laughs> Gosh, we've digressed, haven't we? <laughs> get it into the, quickly get it into the fixer. <laughs> Gosh, change the temperature so you can push it a bit further. Yeah. But we spoke about, we just spoke about the high key, how we can achieve that. So that's by overexposing. Yes. And so if we want to achieve a, a low key image, so like so you're in a dark room, whatnot, there's a little bit of light filtering through a window and you want that all to be really low key. Yes. You would essentially underexpose that by using your exposure compensation, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, look, the other example of low-key photography is, while I think about it, is, is really silhouette photography. Mm. So, you know, when you take pictures of, of silhouettes of mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing is you're basically, you know, the surroundings are being exposed correctly to give that, but the, there's not much light falling on the subject, so... It becomes very dark, yeah, and creates that lovely. And you can look, you can create some magic images out of silhouettes. Oh gosh, yeah. And it's 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 amazing. Sometimes when you've got people, when you shoot them side on, and you're interacting, mm. the positions of the hands, mm-hmm. like you can see the the fingers mm. very very clearly. Mm. You can see gestures very very clearly. Yeah, it's another really cool technique to make interesting pictures where. Virtually, you take away all the you take away the subjects, all the their attributes. Like you, mm. you, you can't really see their eyes, you can't see their mouth, but you can see the profile. Yeah. But you don't see the skin as such. So yeah. again, it kind of is strips it back to you're just presenting that as a human form. Yeah. And I I do quite like that silhouette type shooting. Like it's yeah. when I shoot, I quite often shoot sunsets. I love it when there's people like I go to a lake and there's people yeah, at the water's do a edge. Yeah, you do a bit of that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, because people's at the water's edge. Then mm-hmm. what what you tend to do is the light is on the they're facing the sunset, but you're shooting from behind. Mm-hmm. So typically, say okay, so the sun is now set, so there's no light coming from where you are as where the camera is looking at the back their back. So their mm-hmm. backs are actually in darkness. Mm-hmm. Their fronts, if you're around the front, obviously their fronts would be lit by the sun sunset. Yeah. So you can expose to the sunset and then those people will naturally just become low, like that low-key yeah. image because of, there's not enough light falling on them yeah. to actually to actually see what what, what colour clothes they're wearing or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just tr- I'm trying to think of other, other scenarios where people may have seen examples of that but the only thing i can really think of is is the presets that we're all so yeah. fascinated with well that's what i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of presets and stuff which emulate and give you that high key or that low mm. key look the filters mm. on instagram some of the filters will oh, yes. will do that lo-fi is it lo-fi oh, it could, one could be yes hi-fi is a high key could lo-fi be could, low key. could be yeah there's a few i know there's a few different filters and stuff out there like that so yeah, yeah. it makes me also think are these terms that we use to describe the way that we used to create images do you think that they're going to be lost with time because we're, we're really replacing these techniques with filters and presets and yeah, yeah. Look, automation it, it's look there is always that possibility of terminology changing mm. you know like you know, there's this different terminology. I mean, it's like even terminology like bracket shooting. Yeah. So someone who's new to photography and, you know, they hear the word bracket shooting, is that like, are they the things you buy from Bunnings that hold the <laughs> shelves on the wall? 
<laughs> you're shooting the brackets. It's kind of like HDR, isn't it? <laughs> well, it kind of is. So for those who haven't heard of bracket shooting or wonder what bracket shooting is, it's it's basically when you you underexpose, like mm. you, you shoot it, you shoot it where the exposure should fall, you think, and then you'll shoot it either side of that. Mm. So you've got a little bit of, I suppose, error correction. And then you mentioned HDR, and essentially, which is what, kind of the next step forward, well, isn't it? Essentially, what a HDR is is typically it's typically made of at least three exposures. Mm. So they're all they're all exposed at different yeah. exposures. Yeah, and then the three images are blended together. And it's a way of extending the dynamic range. Yeah, that's right. Basically. That's absolutely right. So HDR was one of those things that I think when digital... Um, we were all obsessed yeah. with it. Well, when, it, when first people start mucking around, it's like all these techniques that people just did it to death. Yeah. And then people pushed it harder and harder and harder till it actually got cartoonish. Yes. In its look. Yeah. So, and some look, some cameras actually have a HDR setting where you can go in. They do the, so they do the multiple exposures in camera, and they do the actual stacking in camera. So the file it produces is a combination of a number of exposures. Gosh, that's crazy. It is, and then yeah. some. Some of them even have like you know, there's like you can apply like an art filter in camera. So to apply all in, you know, there's art and boss. There's a few different ones that mm. give you that different kind of look mm. to it. Um, yeah. I must admit, I was guilty of the HDR thing when it. Oh, don't worry. So was I. Yeah. Everything was getting HDR'd. <laughs> and, and and my method for HDR was, that's what I used to do. I'd bracket shoot something. Yeah. So yep. on my cameras, I had a facility to set up like presets. Mm-hmm. So one of my presets was a bracket shooting. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you selected that custom mode on the camera mm-hmm. and you shot it, it took three shots. One after the other, yeah. all slightly different exposures, uh-huh. and then I'd import them into a program where then I would basically stack them, yeah, and yeah. then and then blend them together to create one image, mm. from the same image. Yeah, it's quite a popular technique for real estate photography as well. Yes, isn't it? it is yeah. used and and travel brochures sometimes too. Some of those amazing, oh my gosh, yes. some of those amazing locations where the greens are so green and the blues and the blues are just so blue and yeah. You know, sometimes there are, I mean, what we used to do, I suppose, in the days of film, particularly shooting slide film, is that you try and saturate mm. the colour. Mm. And, and that's where we would also use our dodging and burning. So we would increase the exposure in particular areas or decrease that's, it. That's right. To so get that, yeah. To, to, to kind of achieve the things that you do with a brush tool yeah. in Photoshop today. And then there was also that te- the technique that was developed by Ansel Adams, his own system, which could create an ideal exposure across the board yes. for your images, which I never actually had the opportunity or I, mean, I guess maybe the inclination to master because it was such such a huge kind of mathematical problematic yes. <laughs> <laughs> exposure situation. Yes. And look, it, this has always been the challenge with, I mean, the human eye is amazing that we can look at a scene mm. and we've got incredible dynamic range mm-hmm. within our eyes so we can we can – kind of look at something and see detail in different areas Mm. whereas the camera sometimes will actually pick up some areas better than others Mm. and Mm. so some areas we lose detail Mm. and again that's basically you know talking back to what we originally started talking about was the was a high key is you're actually deliberately losing detail yeah because that camera sees everything as a a medium gray yeah so so it's kind of like yeah and it's and it's it look it is kind of interesting understanding light and how yeah. you can do it. I mean, 
one of the one of the techniques is in this is a really easy technique if someone's to try it and it kind of produces a low key scenario. Say for instance you want to shoot something that is in a say it's a car and it's in a really messy garage, mm. right? So you want to be able to capture the car, but you're not really interested in the, the tools, the falling the... down the walls, the clutter, <laughs> all that type of jazz. So there's a technique where if you shoot using a very very low ISO, mm. a very high um, so f-stop, so you might be shooting f11 or something like that. Yeah. And you light the car with say speed lights. Yeah. So you just put a pop of light. So the idea is that you're trying to just expose the you're controlling the light where the light's falling. Mm-hmm. Because the the sensitivity of the sensor is dumbed down when you turn down the ISO, you might be shooting at ISO fifty or ISO hundred or something like that. Mm. So where the light falls, you're hoping to get a correct exposure. So it's like mm. on the car panels and stuff like that. Mm. But the background becomes black. So if you've ever seen pictures of a rose against a black background, mm. you can actually shoot a picture of a red rose against a normal in a normal room mm. but by using that technique mm. you can actually make the background because not enough light falls on the sensor from the background to mm. actually make a distinguishedly image it just it's quite be, a popular studio technique it isn't is, it as it well is, yeah it is so it's understanding light and understanding how you can control light yeah and understanding that by using some settings in the camera yeah making the camera like i said less sensitive to light yeah so only where you apply light is going to be correctly exposed. And you can, like I said, create some quite clever exposures. And I mean, it's, and then you see it sometimes people in in nature, like they shoot some, you know, pictures of fungus and stuff and they use, you know, some speed lights to mm. just put enough light just on the subject. Yeah. And the background becomes very dark yes. because the speed light's not... Yeah. Tr- Lighting that area, yeah, yeah. So you, you're really controlling where the light is. Yeah, if you're actually interested in finding out some more information about that one, the Zach Aris One Light tutorials, they're a little bit dated now, but there are some great techniques on that that really kind of go into a great detail on it. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. And look, and that's the the challenge for a lot of photographers is, and I suppose those techniques of low key, high key came about because people were trying to control light mm. and mm. they were trying to control light to create a certain style of look mm. and then it was it was something then that that all photographers could replicate yeah so yeah. as photographers learned their learned their um, trade yeah they learned these techniques and basically photography's photography's always been about techniques so it's always been about you know understanding different things that you've got control over mm. that will have a direct result on how the image looks. Mm. And that's basically gives, yeah. you, gives you those things. So, that's absolutely right, yeah. So anyone new out there who, like I said, hasn't heard of the terms high-key, low-key, Google and have a look. Yeah. Have, just search for high-key images, search for low-key images. And if you haven't tried creating some yourself, maybe it's something you can go out there and actually just have a crack at and just try to create something a little bit different. Just expand your toolkit, babe. Well, it is. Well, <laughs> but you might actually find something that there's something that you mm. shoot that you really like it and adds yeah. a different different layer to your subject that you're That's shooting. Right. Yeah. There's a really good there's a really good bunch of pet photographers that do that use that. They do. And they're in they're in I think so, yeah. So they'll they'll shoot quite often 
pets and that, and they'll the background will be completely black. But yeah, it, because they've only they're only really putting enough light to light the dog. Yeah, I think I've seen one where they've actually used like maybe it's artificial rain or something as well, and that's a really cool effect. Some really cool effects yeah. you can get. Yeah. By doing it, so yeah. so sometimes you'll see stuff and you'll just wonder how people. And if you Google it, you'll find out quite often people have achieved it. It's not magic like it's yeah. it's just settings you're taking me back to my glamour photography <laughs> days now <laughs> well, well, that's, well that's, that's actually when it was a really popular high and low key yes, incredibly well, popular well it was because you could you could create a particular look mm. and you could do it basically in camera cross-processing prime example yes <laughs> shoot yep. on slide cross-process it yeah. high key images <laughs> yes yep. so these these are all the things that like i said were once I suppose staples of the mm. working photographer, mm. and even like the enthusiast photographers would embrace these techniques as yeah. well. So, yeah. So something food for thought for people to go out there, and something it's always good to learn these some of the older, older uh, techniques and see how you can actually maybe use them in your photography today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fantastic, Terry. Chatting as always. Yeah, chat soon. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.